0: Hello and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Before we get started, just a reminder to sign up for the newsletter at jasonpereira.ca on today's show. Today's show with Alicia Mauji and Zach Kanji, co-founders of Altruism. Altruism is a, what's best termed a light financial planning platform for individuals to understand more about how to better improve their financial lives and also find out about different benefits they might be entitled to. And with that, here's my interview with Zach and Alicia. Alicia and Zach, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Yes, you are my first uh, COVID quarantine interview. So uh, whenever this airs, this was done while the world was falling apart, and hopefully uh, everybody hears it. Who's hearing us now is hearing it in better times. (laughs) So Alicia and Zach, tell us about Altruism.
1: So Altruism is an online platform that provides Canadians with independent financial education and life advice. We have a lot of curated lessons, powerful tools, and active items for people to follow. Ultra Wisdom basically aims to get you through life's unexpected events by sharing the practical wisdom of those who've been there before. So, we're just an online subscription platform. You sign up, you let us know some life events you're going through, and off you go.
0: So, excellent. That all sounds great and all sounds like you're trying to help people. So, tell me about the origin of this company. Where did the idea come from? Well, Alicia and I,
2: we've been working in the wealth management industry for about 10 years. And uh, through our offices, we've seen a lot of our clients come in with uh, not only investment questions, but a lot of questions around their their life events and financial advice regarding their life events. So in fact, like their investment questions are usually at the bottom of their list. They're really concerned about like their life situation and how their finances are going to impact those situations. So we thought we have a lot of clients who come in with these questions. And usually most of the financial advisors that give really good advice around these challenges and situations are conditioning this advice to the asset level of the client. Uh-huh. And we thought, you know what, we have a lot of friends and a lot of, there are a lot of Canadians out there that don't have such high asset levels who, who don't really get the advice they should be getting. Uh-huh. So we thought in our age, why not use technology to deliver that information to all Canadians, regardless of asset level, so that everybody gets that equitable footing and gets really good advice when they need it.
0: So, I mean, what you're defining there is something that's colloquially known as the advice gap. Now, we can debate where that gap exists because I don't think it exists on the investment side because you can open up a robo-advisor account for a dollar when it comes to actually getting advice that there is a gap there. So you're looking to basically provide this through an affordable means of implementation. So first of all, let me commend you on that because... As someone who fights for the ban on embedded compensation and full disclosure of compensation within this country, oftentimes we get the, oh, we won't be able to help these people if we can't ding them for 7% on the back end." And I keep saying the reason why people think that is because this country has been held back by its compensation models. And if we just got rid of them, entrepreneurs such as yourselves would come up with new ways to help service and better people and provide that service. So thank you for being ahead of the curve on that, because that's sort of financial advice and just advice in general around life is something that's valuable that needs to be more democratized. And we're not going to get there if we just keep on trying to live in the old paradigm. So that's my rant. Let's go back to what it is you do. So I am someone who comes across you guys and basically tell me what the experience start to finish. I want to, I'll go to your website. What am I going to see? What am I going to learn? Why am I going to sign up?
1: Sure. So we're focused entirely around life events. And so when you come in, Hopefully, at some point, you end up on our register page or you attempt to sign up. And when you do, you're going to be put through an onboarding process. And that onboarding finds out a little bit of information about you and, more importantly, identifies life events you're going through. Um, we're constantly changing our life, our onboarding as well, to get to know our our customers even better and to be able to serve them more, even more tailored information. And then once you are finished that, you're presented with this dashboard and it basically covers the life events you've chosen. We've taken in the information we need to know about you. And then we've presented back a series of actions and steps you can take. And they're organized in four key areas. So the first one is a set of checklists. And so depending on the life events you've picked, we tell you different steps you can take through checklists. And so that's kind of like the true north when you come on the site and you kind of start with the checklist usually. Then we have what we call our wisdom collective. So what we put there is our case studies. And in my opinion, that's one of the best parts of the site. It's all past member stories, which we've changed the names and the details of, or even past stories we've heard before of how people have gotten through really complex life situations. So we we purposely look for stories that have multiple life events in them. And believe it or not, many families have that and multiple issues, multiple characters. It's complicated. There's feelings involved. There's all kinds of emotions running around. And those are the cases we choose to tell.
0: I mean, so we have I- an entire section on covid crisis the support <laughs> in a couple of weeks
1: <laughs> oh yeah we also well, we actually um, i mean I'll come back to this in a second but we actually did start a whole COVID life event because it was just so demanded right away, and it really is a life event. It just happens to be that all of us are going through it together. So that one's been really popular for us right now, of course. But yeah, the the case studies are really good because you get to see how somebody else handled it. But then we also guide you to say if there's anything about this case that's similar to your life, these are the steps you can use to to solve it in your life. And here's all the information throughout the site, so it guides them in that way. So, and we-
0: so basically, whether they whether they go to the initial checklist, which basically is going to guide them through the process or whether they read the narrative that you know speaks to them and is very powerful to them you're still re- you're still funneling them back to okay so this is how you get back to it
1: yeah exactly it's, it the whole the whole platform is extremely action driven mm-hmm. we're ba- we're basically always trying to get them to take steps and the reason we were so persistent on that is because we noticed first of all that when we started this there's a lot of static content out there and people will read a bunch of stuff and then in their minds, they get this feeling that I've done something and I've accomplished something because I've read an
0: article about it. And in fact, you no, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a checkbox section next to, you know, there may be yeah. a bullet, but it really should be an empty box to be ticked off.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's sort of this trick our minds play on us. And so that's why we're so focused on action. We drive everything back to action. And that's why I like our last two sections. They're more the tools side of the site. So we've got a benefit repository that looks at information that we've taken about you and suggests benefits that you're going to be eligible for. Again, the reason we created this is just born out of our own experience that we would see so many clients in our work that, you know, maybe eligible for CPP. They're struggling, but they just won't fill out the forms and won't take the money that's sitting on the table or things like that. Or like,
0: you know, disability tax credit, where so many people qualify for it, have no idea that would qualify for it.
1: Exactly. And so we're always trying to push them ones that they don't understand or know about. There are federal ones, provincial ones, and also a lot of local resources.
0: And a bunch of new ones now.
1: yeah exactly and that's the thing we're even going to put in updates on all of our like updates for the ei and everything because it's changing so much right now and then the last section is probably our most popular and that's the what we call our filing cabinet. So it's basically a document repository, you get to store all your important documents there. But my favorite part about it is we actually teach you about the documents. And so we noticed a lot of our clients would always when they when it came time to look at a mortgage, they would look at their paperwork that they had signed and had no idea what they had agreed to or what the terms were. People just aren't educated and, and it makes the process of working with professionals really asymmetrical. So you just never know and you say yes to whatever because they probably know better. So we're really passionate about educating on those kinds of things. It seems boring, but it's, it's really valuable and it helps people stay very organized.
2: So- Especially like this, where people are looking back at their documents and their agreements to see what they're actually allowed to do. For example, with mortgage deferrals, that's something that comes in handy. When you have everything stored in one place and you understand these documents, then you're really... You're able to take action. You understand what you're allowed to do. a Filing cabinet. Just to uh, elaborate on that, we're actually building out a standalone filing cabinet app right now because we think that while well, we do see the popularity in it, but we do believe that you know if it was standalone, if you could access it from your phone and use it as an app, and just take a picture of your documents and have them stored, and also learn about it we can really capture a lot of data about the member and then be able to deliver really good recommendations on like what you should be doing and then start incorporating all our checklists and benefits within that. So that's something that we're looking forward to to completing in the next couple months here.
0: But, I mean, as someone who's, Hyper digitally organized. Uh, I'm often astonished when I go to do anything involving financing or any kind of contractual work or whatever, and I basically get nothing but compliments because they're like, "Wow, you got me like everything in record time." It's like, well, wh- where do other people keep this stuff? Like, I don't understand,
2: right? Yeah, it, and a lot of a lot of people keep it in their Google Drive or Dropbox, which is really good if you're if you're organized and you can yep. have the right folders. But this allows like it creates a directory for you, so you know where to store, yep. and it's pretty much organizing your financial life for you. With the ability to share it all with your advisors,
0: so. there's a tremendous amount of value to that. So uh, let's let's go through a couple of these examples. This is interesting. So first off, I like the fact that you've done case studies, and I got to tell you, as someone who's written in newspapers on case studies, the ones that you know people would pick up. The misnomer is they think you know you appear in a case study in the Globe and Mail, and you're going to get all this business out of it. And That's usually not the case. What happens is is that the ones that resonate with a certain type of person, those are the people who call. Like they have literally had people say, you know what, I actually clipped that out because that person was me. And being storytelling is such a powerful way of getting people to take action that if you can create a library of that or if you learn enough about them and you're on, onboarding to put stories in front of them that, they're, that speak to them, that you're going to enact action. So it's, it's a good method. I want to commend you on that. So let's talk about these actual checklists. Give me an example of one of these more, more commonly used checklists looks like. And what is the ongoing interaction with this? Like, is there, is there reminder email? Like, how's this work?
1: So one example that's very topical right now is the idea of, and we just, we just kind of took some content and recreated this checklist for COVID, but the idea of going to get a mortgage deferral. So right now we actually just did a poll on our Instagram to see who's even dealing with this, because we know from our clients that a lot of people are trying to, and if you don't know how to do this, it's such a stressful time. And then on top of that, waiting on the phone for so long and if you don't have your documentation ready or you don't know your numbers of what you can actually afford and you don't know how to approach this conversation you're probably going to end up having to call in again and you it's just a really difficult thing for people so that would be a perfect example of a checklist so you come in and we just show you the steps so step one look at this understand what your terms even are on your mortgage and what you actually pay. step two identify what your budget and what your cash flow is going to look like. So do you qualify for EI? How much are you going to get? Do you have any savings? What can that contribute to it? Like what costs can you take away? Can you cut your utilities for a while? Which things can Hmm. be negotiated? Number three, when you're getting ready to speak to your lender, frankly, just understand what what they're going through and understand that the rules for them are changing every day too. The banks Hmm. are not giving them clear guidelines on what they can and cannot allow. It's difficult. It's all case by case. So, you know, try to be courteous. And then going from there, we have a list of like really great questions that we were able to ask a bunch of different mortgage brokers on ways you can initiate negotiations. So accepting that you don't have to take the first no that they give you and you don't have to take the first option they give you and what are questions you can ask that actually open up that conversation and then helping you to actually understand what those things mean too. So you know what you're asking
0: about. For it me, it's interesting you mentioned the entire, the change, and that's just, that's just not in crisis situations. I've yeah. had clients who literally have gone in and, you know, been told they were going to get X ex-mortgage, and then two weeks later, the guys say, well, we can't help you anymore. And it's rules cool. change all the time, and it's not often the person you're speaking to is issue. It's, it's you know what, a mandate comes down from, from on a high, and that deal's now off the table, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's important people understand that that's just, that's just normal. That's not anything personal. Yeah, in terms
2: of trying to get people to take action on these steps, what we're trying to do is something with like a checklist like this is as they're going through each of the steps, whether it's a task they need to perform online, like reading one of our blogs or, or case studies where they can mark it as complete or whether they need to go offline and call their lender to figure out if they can get a deferral those can all be tracked. So if they're stuck on one of the steps, we can see that. And then we can reach out to them to make sure that we can help them. Whatever friction points they're trying to, they're going through, we can help them overcome that. So that's where we use the technology a lot is to try to figure out what the state of our member is, where they're getting stuck and how can we help. Them. So how much human interaction is involved here? So right now there isn't a lot outside of our current chatbot. So if you're stuck right now, we can see that you're stuck on a checklist on a step, we can reach out to you via email, and then we can start interacting via the chatbot. However, we are testing out a coaching model. So we liken this to, if you're just using the platform, you're going to your gym and you're working out. But if you do sign up for the coaching model, then you're pretty much getting a personal trainer and we're taking you through the steps of what you need to do and we're keeping you accountable. Every day we're setting goals with you of what you need to complete and following up. So that's something that we're testing out we have right now about 20 people on that testing on that test right now and it's going really well. It just obviously we have to think about scaling it and having the manpower to really make that happen, but I think there needs to be a human element for a lot of people when it comes to this. The so whether that's using yeah. the chat or whether that's actually getting people to call in and do
0: weekly check-ins, that's something we need to figure out. You thought about, like, some sort of motherly-looking, like, animation that looks very disappointed <laughs> in you when you yeah, don't have your stuff. I like the stuff paper stuff. clip would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, not Clippy. Just do not bring <laughs> – uh, Clippy deserves to be in, in, the, in the digital graveyard forever. But, yeah, the equivalent of a, like, little little grandma animation. Like, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> something like that, just to guilt you into it. But, but overall – Good. No, it's, it's interesting because I think about, you know, you've clearly done the smart work of digitizing. You, it's interesting. Other, other models – start off with the high touch first and then try to figure out how to make it profitable by digitizing it. You started off the other way around, which is, I think speaks better to figuring out the model and, and figuring out where the holes are and scaling it from there. So tell me, so the price tell point, what are people paying? Should they decide to sign up for your site and your service?
1: So right now the quick answer is if you're just, if we're selling B2C, so you just come across the site and you want to sign up, it's $9 a month. So we kept it a subscription model Partly because we want to remain independent, so we don't want to ever be in a position where we're selling product at the end of any recommendation. We don't mind providing optionality to people if they need it and if we see value in that, but we don't want to be getting kickbacks. That was really important. And so the subscription model helps a lot with that transparency. People understand what they're paying for. That being said, we sell a lot more B2B, and we definitely are well, like happy to adjust that price based on the contracts we get. And we would rather have an organization paying for the platform and the end user using it for free. We find that works a lot better.
0: So what kind of organizations are you seeing, benefit, or are you seeing partnering with you?
1: So it, it's very much all over the map. So right now we're in conversations with some of the larger financial institutions, but we've partnered with a lot of other startups, um, specifically other fintechs as well, who maybe their core competency is not really content creation, but much more their technology. And mm-hmm. we come in and say, okay, we're going to we're gonna give you a way to serve your customers that's tailored to them based on you know certain questions, and then you get up-to-date content, you don't have to worry about it. So that's a really compelling offering. We also yeah, I was actually gonna
0: say offline if you didn't say this, <laughs> that essentially, you know, the even if greater direct selling, you know, the value of what you've created here is 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 multipliable against across every advisor in the country, right? Like there's mm-hmm. you know, there's gotta be some sort you should be monetizing that way as well. And it's interesting the, the price point you've chosen at nine point nine dollars a month is clearly very affordable, but the fact that you're you're showing I mean, for over 450 federal, provincial, and local benefits people could could basically benefit from. I'm curious. Do you have any data on on the payback period of that nine dollars a month? <laughs> because even one of those benefits would more disability tax credit alone. God forbid someone had that need for that, but did have it. Just mm-hmm. knowing that's there that that pays for you guys like for the next what is that? so I do the math quickly. Let's call it the next ten years, all in one tax credit <laughs> in one year, right? So. To, I would think get a, a, you get know, you have more than a 10x payback on a lot of cases. I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we do. What we find that argument is is not as compelling to the end user. For us, it's really interesting. <laughs>
0: <We're> not entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: where it becomes um, where it becomes really interesting is the on the coaching side because now it's not only are you having you know maybe you'll find that benefit yourself and maybe you'll apply for it, but now you've actually got somebody there holding your hands through that process, mm-hmm. and then we tell them whether it's by a review of your tax return, whether it's through a benefit you apply for, but we are like guaranteeing you're going to get that payback. And so we, while we haven't said that publicly, that's always our mission in our mind yeah. is how to structure it that way. So for us, it makes a lot of sense why they would want to pay that way. And then also, as you mentioned, like partnering with financial advisors, I mean, that's our that's our origin. And so for us, we built this to help them because it's very difficult to be able to keep up with all of this stuff in addition to running an investment practice. And I can absolutely hurt that. you, but I do not
0: know 450 provincial tax... Uh, uh, <laughs> And, and local benefits. It's uh, You're right. It is complex. So talking about the digitization, I mean, you have the, you have the intake questionnaires, but you just mentioned reviewing the tax uh, return. Is that a manual process still? Have you automated any of that? How's that looking?
1: Right now it's manual. It's only for coaching customers, not for the average.
2: If you start looking at how do we use the technology to for example the benefits right but in our back end if we are able to mark that somebody is eligible for a certain benefit based on x requirements we can then pull up another 20 30 benefits that they would be eligible for we could also take the the information that we've taken from them on one benefit and populate the applications for other benefits so it really allows us to use that technology to scale how much work we can do based on the information we get from one thing so the more that somebody's using the platform and the more information that we're getting, the better kind of filtration they're getting on their the action items, the benefits, everything else.
0: All right. So uh, before we wrap up and move on here, a uh, couple of questions I ask everybody before before we uh, close off You get to both answer individually. The First one is, if you have one wish for something you could change in in your company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? And, and we'll just assume that COVID cure is one of them, but let's just move on to uh, <laughs> the, the company specifically. How long do we get to think about this? <laughs> We we do edit it a little bit, but not too
1: long. Um, So for us, I know like one thing we, when we started this, it was really important to, so two big things. One is to raise the benchmark of the advice that's being given. So if I could have that one wish, it would be that every financial professional that a Canadian might interact with is already armed with all this information because it's difficult to access them. And then you don't even know what quality of advice you're getting at the time, which I hate that that happens to people. That's one wish for sure.
2: More on the Canadian, on like the actual individual level, I would want that Canadians have access to information. So anytime they need to make a decision, whether they already know the information or they don't, they're going in with the information that they should have so that they're at an equal playing field with everyone else. So I don't want anyone to be taken advantage of. And that's why we're doing
0: Fantastic. And the second question is, what has been the biggest challenge in getting a company to where it is today? Where do we begin? (laughs) Uh, Biggest. (laughs)
1: biggest. (laughs) I think uh, for us, because neither of us had a background in tech development, which I think in the fintech industry, usually you see the opposite, where people are tech people, and then they come in and try to create a financial solution. We're very much client-focused. like That's our career background, and we had to learn the tech side. So that's been interesting, really great learning, and we've been able to do it in a really innovative way, which I'm really proud of, but that was a challenge for sure.
0: I'm sorry. You also have no misgivings about how hard it is to get some clients clients to do things, because I've often found fintechs just like, I built this wonderful thing, why aren't they using it? It's just like, you don't know how to work with people, do you? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah. And that's what I was going to say, is that gap between like needing that
2: human connection mm-hmm. and still being able to use technology is one of the bigger challenges. The other thing is just, I think what every company goes through is trying to balance everything from hiring to building a product and designing it well, to marketing and everything like that. So I think we're lucky we have a really great partnership with a development company here that we work with, and that has helped us a lot with the tech. So. Yeah, I think scaling and growing is now the next big challenge.
0: Oh, that's, uh, (laughs) yeah, most definitely challenge. So uh, last question is, what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and what gets you up in the morning to keep fighting the good fight and keep doing what you're doing?
1: Customer stories, I would say. We Hmm. we see and hear things where people's lives are sometimes thrown so far away from reality with what happens in their finances. And then when we can bring them back or when the tool can bring them back to that, it's a really exciting moment for us.
2: Yeah, everybody that comes in that really has it, a really good interaction with the product mm-hmm. and sees a lot of benefit and sees their life progress because of it. Yeah. It's probably what gets us up every day to
0: keep working on it. Good to hear it. Well, you're doing something very positive and you're to take a look at all 400 plus mm-hmm. numbers. I'm, actually a little staggered by that but uh yeah no excellent so definitely keep up the good work and hopefully everybody takes some time to check this out and uh, i wish you nothing but luck because honestly this is the need for affordable access to this kind of information is hugely valuable and and not just valuable to you guys but to well not just you guys but not uh, clients at a lower level but clients at all levels so thank you very much
1: thank you so much for having
0: us my pleasure take care so that was my interview with Zach and Alicia of Altruism. I hope you enjoyed that. And I am most certainly not kidding. I am definitely going to sign up to check out all the different benefits that I did not know even existed, which frankly, no one can at 400 plus. So with that, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you take the time to look at it. Uh, as always, I am your host, Jason Pereira. Until next time.